Hi, I'm Carrie Heater, a Vinny Yoga meditation teacher, writer, and scientist. Listen to the podcast as my guests and I reflect on our adventures with teaching and practicing meditation. Then go to the Meditation Conversations online community and join the conversation. In this episode of the Meditation Conversations podcast, my guest Meg Bratt and I talk about a time when she was suddenly called upon to teach a five-week meditation series. She had no time to plan or prepare before she began. When she started teaching, she did not know what she would teach. Things went well, things continued to go well for several weeks, and then life threw another curveball that again necessitated Meg to abruptly shift in how and what she taught. She tells me it was fun, and as a student I can attest that it went very well. It also gave us plenty to talk about. Hi, I'm Carrie Heater, a meditation teacher and writer and 12-year student of Yoga Well Institute. I also run the Meditation Conversations online community. And it's my privilege today to guest host this podcast conversation about meditation with Meg Bratt. Meg, thanks so much for joining me. Happy to be here, Carrie. Meg is, and I'm going to read your title because it's so long, Yoga Well's student advisor and yoga teacher and yoga therapist training admissions coordinator. And the funny thing is, even with that long a title, it doesn't begin to describe what you do with Yoga Well. <laughs> and you've been teaching yoga since 2005, and you're a yoga therapist practicing in Denver. You can now correct anything I've just said about you so far. That's all very appropriate, especially in terms of working with a small business like Yoga Well. It's kind of fun to get to wear a lot of different hats. But yes, my role is mainly in supporting our students. I love it. So approximately how many yoga classes have you taught in your lifetime, ballpark? Oh, wow. That's really hard to consider because it was, it was a full-time job for maybe about 15 years. And so I was teaching maybe at the height of that 10 or more classes a week. And part of that also involved, you know, managing studios and running lifestyle programs or teacher training programs too. I think it's really hard for me to estimate the vast majority. It was asana before it continued to shift more toward meditation, but oh, in the thousands, my friend. Yes, thank you. That that actually was the point I was hoping to get to. You have a huge amount of experience teaching and doing meditation. And yet for this conversation, we're going to focus on one five-week progression that you taught. We could have so many conversations, but we're going to focus on this one so we can really geek out about the details of that adventure for you. Great. So when you design a meditation, when we design, when anyone does, you really start with an understanding of who you're doing it for and what are the constraints and the context that you're making it. So why don't you help us set the stage by describing what is the Yoga Well 15-minute breath and movement meditation? Wonderful. So our 15-minute breath and meditation class is meant to be a very accessible practice, brief, weekly Lots of recordings available so people can kind of access things as they need. But the idea is it's one theme held through the month. So it can evolve. It can be built on. It can be explored. 
versus a one-off experience with some tools, you know, dating versus a relationship, even though five weeks is still a very short relationship, you get to integrate it differently, which is really a, a, a beautiful gift as a teacher, as well as many times I've been a student for this class as well. So it's meant to be accessible. And then there's a discussion component at the end of the month, which I really enjoy as both teacher and student to be able to share insights and hear other people's experience. Because meditation is not a one size fits all, even though I've had some familiarity with who shows up for the class. I have no idea who is taking the class as a recording, who can't be there live on a Thursday. So there's still a lot of imagination involved about thinking about what's going on in the world, thinking about where we are as individuals in our lives and what could suit the population that's taking this class. Honestly, though, for this month discussion that we're talking about the last time I taught, I ended up teaching the class rather last minute and didn't have a lot of preparation time. And by, I was pretty much in the driver's seat and, oh, I'm teaching. It ne okay. Which allowed a lot of interesting insight to the process of teaching meditation, because usually we're very calculating. We want to really assess how the tool is going to develop, not only in the singular experience, but especially knowing that we've got weeks to let it unfold. But there's something in meditation that we're also looking for in an experience of meditation where we don't want to be calculating. We want to just be open to a voice that shows up. And in preparing for this month's series of classes and in teaching it very last minute, I really had to tap into, I know I have a skill set to put this together. I have that experience and be present to what shows up and what was so interesting carrying is that what I was teaching, it was so clear, was also needed for me. I want to delve into that more, but first I want even more gory details. What do you mean not very long? How long did you have between when you knew you were going to be teaching and when you started the class? I showed up anticipating to be a student. <laughs> so zero time. Yeah, yeah, very much in the moment, but it felt appropriate. And somehow there was, I knew I needed to be there as a student. Like there was a message that was somehow conveyed. Something in me was prepared in a way. There is the story of Mr. Desikjar calling Chase onto the stage for, for the conference decades ago and unexpected and that kind of thing. So, so we're sort of prepared for that's a teaching thing. And yeah, that's a thing. But it's different when suddenly it's like, okay, your turn now. Uh, oop. So, so you, ha you had that, huh? Oh, it was very fun. But it was also uh -huh. clear that my teacher trusted me yeah. in the situation. So there was exactly. also a lot of, which is interesting that showed up in the theme too. There was a lot of faith. Okay. And you, you were ready, right? I mean, you, yeah. knew, you knew that. But still, I mean, it, it, teaching meditation for me is always an adventure, and this is, this is a special one for you. So yeah. there are many wonderful things about the 15-minute practices and the structure of Yoga Well. And one is that the people who are taking the classes can download these beautifully written practices at the end. Uh, what did you have written as you started teaching? It, Tell me I about nothing, that whole process. Yeah, it, nothing. nothing. It wasn't until I was done teaching and ended the recording that I stopped and wrote down what we did. So what do you remember about that 
first practice? Yeah. So I remember wanting to have service toward how we trust unfolding. That the idea that we can be in a situation in our lives where we're not sure what's next or what's coming or what choice to make. And what usually happens for many of us is that we want to calculate. And so we want to manipulate and make choices based on what I want the end goal to be. But if there's a moment when you're not really clear on the end goal, and you're just not sure what the next step is, how do you open up and trust to take the next step with some confidence, with some sense of knowing that everything's going to be okay? You're really blowing my mind here because I, I was aware that there was a story here, which is part of why this is the first conversation. I didn't realize quite how short the time frame was, but I'm now looking at the first thing you said in the practice. And it was, recall a time when you were unclear of your next step. And what is so cool is that you yourself were in that position, which is just, what, what more authentic way to lead the meditation could there be, right? It, it's interesting that you say that because I think in the moment of calling that to mind, what I was calling to mind was another situation in my life. It wasn't even that moment of teaching, right? It's the dynamics. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm always fascinated in people's processes. And so here I'm now then following up on something else in your life showed up. I don't know how you even re remember that or go back to it, but what can you tell me about how it came together like that? You know, it's funny. The mind can be like a Rolodex where it's flipping through all the options and that of like tools or whether it's movement, whether it's breathing, whether it's tools of an image. And I think we just started. And I was like, well, it's Vinayoga. We start waving the arms around, man. <laughs> and we get present <laughs> to breath and movement. And then what I've always really appreciated because I came from a, like a power vinyasa background is, you know, some of my early yoga experiences that I loved in Vinny yoga, that breath initiates movement. And that in a way to me mirrors the idea of before we take action, there's something in there that knows that we're looking for that voice to speak. And so that metaphor stepped forward for me. So I knew that that was an initial step of the practice. And so that was where the idea, like the first steps came. All right. So first we start moving. Okay. It buys me a few breaths to figure out what's next. Okay. Well, breath, breath, initiating those movements, breath, initiating action, something behind that. I know I added in eventually pauses in the breathing because often when we're hasty to react, we're, we're reacting versus appropriately responding. So I put those little pauses in the breath eventually with the movement as a way to continue to build in an experience of space. Because we, when we're stressed out of not knowing when to act, we just try to do something versus waiting for some space to be able to move into. So those were the ideas around the breathing. I think around the movement, I was interested in 
an opening. So the arms were a lot around opening and then some, I think I tried to incorporate movement of the legs or the feet with the idea of moving into this, the bhavana or the visualization of a path in the woods or a path in the forest. So that actually came about in week two with the legs. Mm -hmm. Ah, I've, good. I've, I've studied. I, see, part of the beauty of this is you can study this so deeply because it's online and because they're the practices. I feel a little bit intrusive, and yet this is what I do with game design students. We analyze games in great detail, and then said, "This is a person I know, and this is this is a very personal thing." And yet, I've got the video, and I can watch it back and forth and take notes and things like that. So, you initially did just the arms, and then coming from the heart, and it was it was very gentle. And then at step five, that's when the bring to mind a path in the woods shows up. Mm. How far into the practice did you know you were going to talk about the path in the woods when you said it or before you said it? Probably a little bit before I said it, trying to continue to pull, right, Bhavana, the currency is in the metaphor. And something stepped forward for me in the experience of we can really trust a worn path in the woods, even if we know that it is obscured by the trees or a bend around a mountain. And there's something that can still feel supported in that path and a connection to nature. It also is clear now that I'm talking about it, that when I had a moment of what is the next step? when we're setting that first intention of what we want to digest in these in the series of classes that came up when i thought about what that was in my life now that i'm looking back it is also tied to a day that i went hiking and how that supported that experience for me personally i love that i also find that my own my own life is where a lot of what i teach comes from not not necessarily in a planning sort of way but of course our experiences inform what what we share with people and what comes up. And then emerged a chant from you. Tell me about that tool. Yeah, chanting is a very special tool for me. And in the 12, 13 years I've been in the Vinny Yoga tradition and really learned and built some relationship with chanting. It's a powerful tool, whether listening and receiving and letting it wash over I find it to be a powerful tool, whether it's a word that's really understood or it's just the vibration, or if someone knows the meaning and can voice it for themselves. And so I chose Shraddha, Om Shraddhaya Namaha. And Shraddha is faith or conviction. And I liked the tie of that to the idea of it may not be clear. Or it, I may not know why. I may not really understand why I feel this is the next step, but I can trust it. It can feel right. This is also to me something that ties into the idea of Ishvara Pranidana, the idea of something higher or the idea of I don't need to know all, but I can trust in something greater than me. But bringing sometimes in the idea of Ishvara, it's very spiritual to me. And I think I just wanted a little hint at that without this, this, the strength of calling on Ishvara, but calling on our own trust of conviction and faith. So you got through that sudden first 
practice. And then you had a whole week before the next one. That gave you as much space as you wanted necessarily to plan the whole rest of the month. Tell me about what went on in you once you had some time to do some planning. You know, I have taught the 15-minute breathing and meditation another time before, and I felt like I overplanned it. I wanted to fit too much in. And after having this initial experience of show up and it will come out, and then telling myself in the whole thing, like, just have faith. Because <laughs> right? ultimately, as we are teachers, we are students, that I actually tried to give myself a lot of space to not over plan. And that when the next Thursday rolled around to teach, I gave myself like the half hour before class to just consider where I was, consider where we'd be going in a very relaxed way and start to put some ideas in that direction. And were you thinking only about that day or the other four weeks? It's really challenging not to consider the, the rest of the time because we do want tools to build slowly. So there is always a little bit of consideration as to don't spend it all up front. Don't rush it too early. So I knew I wanted to continue with the chant. I considered that through the month, I'd find a way to teach it or maybe slowly incorporate it into movement, like chanting on exhale movement. But I kind of set that intention aside and knew that really for the next class, I just needed to make sure the chant was continuing to become familiar. So I wanted to just invite it in a little bit more. And that was the next, next natural step for that. I'm going to just mention another way that the 15 minutes are such a great tool for learning about meditation. And that is you want to do the meditation and have the experience before you put on your analyst mode. But fortunately, this is recorded so that you can do that and then you can put on your analyst hat. So as a meditation teacher, I'm always looking for ideas of how to express things better or to express things at all. I don't want to like get up and right in the middle of the thing, but later going back, things you said like allow your breath to become more deliberate, more intentional. It's like, oh, I love that. And and am I stealing to borrow that way of saying it? You're not you're shaking your head no. It's not at all. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've taught class and I'm like, wow, Chase Bossart is in my head. I think there's something where there's a difference between parroting and when something rings true, a description is like, yeah, that lands so clearly for me. I want to share that. That I think is a co-ownership for sure. Take it and run with it, Carrie. You know, that makes so much sense because the reason I wrote that down is because it hit me so deeply, right? Because I resonated with it. And and so it, it's not that I'm using every word you said, period. It's like, oh, that, that expresses what I feel and the, exper the experience I have so beautifully. And I come from academia where it's very important to credit people for anything that you borrow. But I really can't, when I'm teaching a meditation, say, quoting Med Br Meg Bratt, allow your breath to become more deliberate, more intentional. But in my heart, I'm thanking you. So I hope you feel that. <laughs> this is, I think, why we chant to our teachers. 
in our tradition, we know that we are in a web of one another and so supported by each other's work and the ones that come before us. And there's no way it isn't interwoven in what we do. I also feel somewhat intrusive watching the meditation while not doing it to learn. And in fact, I feel even more subversive is the wrong word, but you know that you can watch things at double speed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I've already done the meditation, but now I'm watching it at double speed. And it's like, this is not inappropriate, my friend, because you're a researcher. And what you're doing in that moment is research. And if you were doing it double time, and that was like your practice for today. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. But so, but so then what I was seeing, I was watching you teaching and, and having people envision, let's see, let me get one of the quotes. Consider a path in the woods, the sense of being there. And I'm watching you and I'm watching you go internally. You're closing your eyes and you're being there with them. Talk about What's going on in you when you're teaching that way? In order for me to really connect with what I'm teaching, there is a sense that I need to be in the meditation as well. It's very different teaching asana than teaching meditation. Teaching asana, I want to be very clear about being present to other people's bodies and how they're moving and giving options and allowing modifications and reminding the balance of ease and instability. In meditation, especially when students are in a bit of stillness, right? Like like this moment of sitting with a bhavana, it is really difficult, especially over an online medium versus being in the same room, to get a felt sense of their experience. In the room together, you can it's it's a bit more palpable. Online, especially the best way I can tune into their experience is to tune into the experience of the practice. So it does take moments for me where I need to kind of be be in it with them, savor it a little, taste it a little. And I want to avoid giving directions that is really trying to load the experience for someone too much. You know, we want some looseness so they can adjust the quality of the experience for themselves. So I'm not talking about the crunch of the leaves underfoot or the sound of the breeze in in the pines or the scent that's there. But I wanted to allow with the idea of the sense of being there something that was maybe visceral. And so I wanted to take a moment and savor that for myself. It sometimes gives me a sense of how long we should linger there too whether something's clear or another message kind of steps forward in that moment for me. Such a fascinating experience teaching meditation, isn't it? How lucky we are. I know. So something unexpected happened for you right before you taught week four. Tell us about that. Right. I got really sick. And luckily it was just um, a bit of a cold. It was all upper respiratory. Um, So lots of mucus, plenty of coughing. And then like the day before class, laryngitis. Perfect. 
And it was right. Great way to keep introducing a chant that you want to work on. <laughs> so, again, like the theme of this practice becomes really the practice in teaching. What's lovely is, you know, we're in a tradition that is about adaptability. It's about understanding the principles, the continuum of the tools, the perspective we want to hold. And with that, there's a vast amount of creative space, which is so reassuring because we hit bumps in the road like this. And it's, I'm not going to ask someone else to chant it. I'm not going to try to croak something out that is not appropriate. It's like, okay, the, what else, what is the meaning of that tool? And how do I support its presence in a different way, right? What was the intention of it and how do I support that in a different way? So the shift became instead of calling on Om Shraddhaya Namaha, the question became, can you recall a time? I'm looking at it in front of me. It's so I'm cheating now. Can you recall a cheating. time when you, <laughs> thanks, referring to my notes. Right. Um, I'm, I've you, got them too. I love it. Can you recall a time where you heard your intuition clearly? Because ultimately, if we're calling on Shraddhaya, right, and we're honoring it, Namaha, Another way to call upon it is to remind ourselves of that feeling through an experience where we had it. And so we sh kind of shifted gears from when was a time we don't know the next step, which is not the meditation. It's what the, we're asking the meditation to serve. That becomes, it came a little more in the background because it already had been seeded. Um, and instead of chanting, we just really started connecting to the idea of this seed experience of intuition and that feeling. Quoting your notes directly, recall a time you heard your intuition clearly. I mean, I love that. This is so cool. So that was your pivot to not being able to chant. But I think it was fantastic. You know, I mean, it's so tangible and so much comes up. So I, I loved that. Somehow it all works out, doesn't it? <laughs> what, what were you most happy about the practice overall? The progression, the whole, the whole experience. I'm happy that it landed for people. Really in the discussion, it's so useful as a teacher to know that the tools have worked that the people present got something out of the experience. And what I really love about the community that comes to the 15-minute breathing and meditation and the discussions that we have from it is there is a great understanding that the meditation itself is not necessarily where the magic happens. People come to the discussion and have some really beautiful sharing about some very personal elements of things happening in their life. And that lights me up as a teacher because you know the practitioners are aware and refined. They're dedicated to their practices. They're able to have these practices support insights in their daily life. 
And that's, I mean, if you sit and practice and are agitated the whole time and the tools don't suit right, great. Okay. Let, we'll, we'll work and manage that experience, but that's not what we're getting, you know, that moment of in meditation, those 15 minutes are not the magic. And you may have these really awkward or what feels like unsuccessful in the moment meditation. And still the clarity, the awareness, the connection to what's going on in life can still happen in a very beautiful, useful way. I love what happens in people, their magic. And the chance to hear them talk about it is so important to me as a teacher, because first of all, I'm totally inspired and I learn from them, but then I know how to teach differently or better or more or that kind of thing. So I think it's so important to go to those discussions if you can afterwards, not just to share your experience, but hearing what other people experienced. Like, you did what? You're kidding. And then, and some of it is like shocked at what they did, and others helps me. Oh, yes, that happened for me too. I just didn't have the words for it. And so, it's just a super, super valuable to everybody involved, if you can, to go to that, right? It's so true. As a student, I'm thinking of times where I've been in discussions with other students. And recently, I was in a class that Robin Love was leading, and the comments from other students brought up like it it percolated something like something was able to digest because of other people's realizations and connections were made for me in hearing their shares it's also i think incredibly important since meditation is a very personal experience and it can be very intimate And we're in a tradition that is very much a personalized daily practice and you connect with your mentor, but it's yours daily to be with, to have these classes where we do sit in community together. And the shares of being in community with people that are spread around, they're nowhere near me. I know their first name. And I can have a genuine connection with that neighbor wherever they are in the world is a really beautiful reminder when life is difficult or when the world weighs heavy to know that there are so many like-minded people who are are doing this too. And they're like-minded, but they're also so different. Yes. I'll, I'll reiterate that, that I so loved this progression that you taught. It was so meta in terms of your own experiences and a time when my intuition was clear. I loved so, so much about that. So thank you. Thank you very much. And I highly recommend the November sequence. What advice do you have to potential future teachers of these meditations? I love that Yoga Well has different guest teachers, which shows me both that there's more of us out there doing this. It's so cool. And then I can hear their style and that kind of thing. So what does one think about when one's going to teach this kind of a thing? That's funny because part of my role at Yoga Well is when we do have teach guest teachers is I help them get prepared and I give them maybe the nuts and bolts of structure to keep in mind how much time, how many tools. But really, each teacher brings so much of themselves 
and their experience that there's no advice except to be yourself, genuinely. What could be harder than that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is why we practice, right, Carrie? Exactly. We all just keep practicing. (laughs) I want to thank you so very much for doing this. And if you would like to experience Meg's Path in the Woods meditations, you can sign up for Yoga Well's 15-minute breath and movement meditations and go to the November practices to find hers. If you would like to join in and continue this conversation, you can join my Meditation Conversations online community. This podcast will be the basis for conversations. So Meg, thank you so very much for your time and your sharing and your meditations. Thanks, Carrie. So good to connect with you and thanks for lighting me up by reminding me why we do, why we practice and why we teach. Now it's time for you to join the conversation. Go to meditationconversations.com and add your own reflections and observations. I hope to see you there.